Uh, this week we're joined by the Pan-Arabian champion Sunset Skip. How are you doing, Skip? I'm wonderful, thank you, Alex. Pan-Arabian champion, man going coast to coast like butter and toast, except I'm staying at home because of the coronavirus. <laughs> which sort of leads into my first question, which we've been asking sort of everyone that's been on the podcast. Um, with no wrestling on the horizon at the minute, what have you been sort of doing to, uh, to keep yourself sort of busy? Um, well, uh, I'm quite fortunate in, in the uh, quote-unquote real world, Sunset Skip's a key worker, um, so the day job is keeping me busy. Uh, I've also got a young family as well, so spending a lot of time with my son, and uh, I've been doing a, a Facebook Live quiz every Thursday on uh, the Find Sunset Skip Facebook page, so I've, I've actually been quite busy during lockdown, so I've kept my sanity, or, or what, what I did have of sanity uh, has remained intact. And uh, what, have you been sort of doing any sort of home workouts or anything while you've been off? I have been, yeah. I've been, uh, like uh, all, uh, all veterans, I've been doing uh, quite a bit of DDPY. Um, I've, I've been kind of dipping in and out of that for years, but at the minute I'm really seeing the benefits again. I'm getting a lot more mobility and just generally feeling uh, a bit better. I'm using it almost like uh, an off-season slash pre-season to, uh, to kind of get in kind of better shape, shake off some niggles and things like that. So hopefully once everything's back to normal, it'll be a, a leaner, meaner, more fighting machine version of, uh, of Skip. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I brought up in, in another interview. What, from what I've been seeing on sort of wrestler socials and things like that, it's a few people which seem to have been in the best shape of their life. Yeah, there's a few guys I know. Um, uh, I'm not too sure if uh, Tommy Kyle's on your radar. He's a great, great young youngster coming through. And I saw a picture he posted that day, and he looked absolutely wicked. Like you can see on his chest and shoulders, he's managed to just really thicken out. So just, and I know Will Osprey, he's been posting a lot on there, and he's, you know, he's, uh, I think he's played like 227 pounds now. So he's, you know, well in the heavyweight remit. So he's taking this time to, yeah, it's, it's great for some of you guys to spend this, this time this off season to uh, to focus on kind of conditioning and stuff. So. Yeah, making hay while the sun shines. What was the whole whole idea of how you sort of got into professional wrestling? What drew you? What was the... Um, it was always the, the... Well, funny enough, it was kind of a combination of the, the colours and the uh, the athleticism. Um, my first like, wrestling memory, uh, I think if you kind of trying to keep it as accurate as possible, was watching uh, Hercules demolish a jobber. And then not long after, I saw Brian Pillman and Jushin Liger at Super Bowl 92. Um, that blew me away. Uh, you know, it went from being, oh, wow, this wrestling thing's cool, to these guys who are just, you know, state-of-the-art high-flying stuff, and it just blew me away. Like, Liger's whole presentation, and then Pillman, you know, the, the tan, the mullet, the, the, the tiger type, everything just kind of drew me in. Sort of how did you, yourself, how did you get into... Well, when I, when I got into wrestling, I got very much in the wild west of Ursley. Um So it took me a while to find uh, somewhere to train. Um, I eventually trained at the uh, dropkick school back in 2001, 2002, under uh, Frank Reimer, Tony Scarlo, and the new breed were uh, uh, regular coaches there as well. So that's what um, kind of was my first steps into wrestling. Um, before that, it kind of prompted me, I, as I said, was a lifelong fan. Uh, I did martial arts for quite a few years, played rugby to a half decent standard, so just kind of wanted to, to try something I'd always had a passion for. What's sort of like the whole idea behind the, the character of, of Sunset Skip? Sunset Skip is almost the walking urban legend of professional wrestling, you know, where Andre the Giant was said to have drunk 147 beers in a single serving. 
Santos Gear was there with 148 next to him, <laughs> but he didn't write down how many he had. Uh, you know, it's it is very much kind of it's playing up, like I said, to the urban, the urban legends. You know, he's the only man uh, to have wrestled on every single continent on the same day. Um, he's, Sunset Skips held the uh, Pan-Arabian Championship for, I believe, 35 years, despite being born in 1982. So he's had it for an awful long time uh, from, a, from a young age. So it is, yeah, it's, it's largely homage to, like I said, what I grew up watching, what I loved, and, yeah, um, playing around with the, the fun legend parts of, uh, of wrestling, the, the folk tales and folklore. Sort of like the larger-than-life characters, yeah? 100%, yeah. That's, that's always been what drew me in. Uh, personally, so to kind of expand on that and, and do it is, yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah. And sort of going um, going into sort of like your your wrestling background and, and things like that, was there, um, it's something that we asked sort of all our guests, was there a pivotal moment during your career, during your career, would it either be sort of something from a young age or something that you didn't realise until sort of a lot further down the line when you was actually training and performing matches. Was there a certain point where you where it just everything clicked for you and you said that yes, this is like the point that I want to go forward and, and go from there? Yeah. Um I mean before Sunset Skip I wrestled as, as uh, rich and famous and when I uh changed uh sorry uh, while I was doing that I had a like a year-long feud with a guy who was one of my mentors and at the time was a real close friend. And it just during that everything stopped being like a performance and everything just became very I don't want to say real because that's almost kind of overplaying it, but it became as if what it was happening rather than kind of something which was um, a performance, if, if that makes sense. That was the point where it all kind of seemed to click. And I, at that point, I've been wrestling, I think, for for seven or eight years but at that point everything just kind of clicked and the way that uh you know the reactions that i was getting and garnering and creating from there it all kind of clicked into place at that point there um we had this long feud that culminated in a steel cage match and i remember standing in the ring at one point just thinking this just feels natural everything's built to this now it was very much a case of living in the moment rather than performing for the moment uh which was that kind of moment where everything did seem to click. You've, you've been around uh, sort of the UK scene uh, for a few years now. Is there a promotion that you really want to sort of debut at that you feel that your character could like really excel in? Uh, well, obviously, New Riot would be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> in, in, uh, but it, it's, there's so many great places, you know. Um, I think, I mean, we've all got. I've, uh, I've, been, I've been very fortunate, you know, I'm quite regular with UBW Sacrifice, done a few things for Good Wrestling, who I think that sort of niche, kind of the adult uh, audience where it's very character-driven as well. So I think from, from that, somewhere like Attack would be, is definitely kind of top of the list of places I'd love to go. But it is just, you know, it seems thriving at the minute, so it is very much a case of if, if anyone uh, will have me, I'll happily be there. <laughs> Take Big Skip on the road ski as always. And um, sort of going on as well, is that, have there been sort of any countries that you've um, wrestled in other than the UK? Yeah, for a couple of years I lived in the uh, Middle East. I, uh, I lived uh, in Abu Dhabi for a while, so okay. uh, I was very fortunate enough to uh, perform in Dubai uh, quite a lot for two years. Um, it was it was an incredible experience. Uh, made some great friends. We had a little group called the ADC. It was the uh, all the guys from Abu Dhabi who commute up to Dubai for the events. Um, I went over to Qatar for one of their super super slam shows at one point as well. 
Uh, they're the ones that Johnny Storm and Steve Lenski are heavily involved in. Um, and yeah, so I was really, really fortunate to do that. We had uh, Canyon Seaman come over from uh, WWE Talent Relations. They were looking to do stuff within the Middle East, use that as a bit of a hub. So I've got to kind of showcase what I could do with them, which was incredible, you know, at that point. I thought that was really the pinnacle of things of things for me there. So yeah, I was really, really fortunate to do quite a lot in, in Dubai, um, in addition to what I've done in the UK. So what is what's the sort of scene like in in the Middle East? Obviously, it's it's not really um, an area you sort of associate with pro wrestling. I know that obviously WWE have gone over there and, and are doing these enormous shows in like Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah. But sort of like the whole scene sort of around sort of like Abu Dhabi and, and Dubai. What's what's that sort of like? It it's kind of died out now. Now since I left the territory, yeah. Uh, no, it's nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, it, it was. Out there, it's very, very difficult to get things started. It's um, very much a case of who you know rather than what you're trying to do. So getting the permits put on events was proved to be really difficult. And the guy running it, um, he ended up having to move back to America. Um, and then it was taken over by a couple of guys, and it never never really went anywhere. And there was so much potential for it. They had uh, We did a TV pilot, which never really kind of hit anything. We uh, did events at uh, the Zero Gravity nightclub, where um, the day before, Justin Bieber was there. And then on the Saturday afternoon, we wrestled there. So we had some great um, venue, uh, like places where we could do things and get any exposure, but it just it never quite aligned in place. Um, uh, Dubai Pro Wrestling was the main company that well, was the only company there um, and they, they performed at Dubai Sports World every year for uh, I think two or three years and it was this huge sporting festival and it got loads of press and the, the third year in fact one of the uh, the sheikhs he said why is there no wrestling here I want to watch the wrestling so it was almost by royal decree but it just it never really kind of aligned in place perfectly which is a real shame because it was a completely blank slate for that scene yeah um, and sort of obviously going on from that, it's um, is there any countries obviously that you sort of want to wrestle in? I know obviously everyone says um, sort of Japan and, and places like that, but do you feel that yeah. maybe your character might be better off in like s- certain territories in like the States and things like that? Um, I mean, if, uh, if I could wrestle anywhere in the world, I think uh, 80s Memphis would be... Uh, would be Sunset Skips. I'd hop into a DeLorean and, uh, you know, take on Jerry Lawler and Eddie Gilbert and the like, 70s and 80s Memphis. You know, that's that's very much my uh, my sort of stuff. May have, you know, 80s WWF as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's like anything. I'd, I'd love to kind of go overseas and do it. I've always kind of toyed with the idea of going to America, um, both, you know, when I was younger and doing a more kind of British-centered gimmick and now, you know, the Sunset Skip thing, which is, uh, you know, Skip is a living embodiment of, of Jerry Lawler and Jimmy Hart and Dusty Rhodes and Roddy Piper. So, uh, yeah, America would be someone that I would absolutely love to uh, to perform one day. So, if you mm. could have um, any opponent who's currently active today, who would it be? Yep. Ooh, for, uh, from the UK or US or kind of uh, anywhere? Just anywhere, as long as they're active. Ooh, uh, it's always been Rampage Brown for the last few years because he's the best heavyweight in in UK, in Europe, probably the best unsigned heavyweight in the world. You know, he's yeah. he's been the standard bearer for so long. Um, yeah, so he Rampage has always been the guy that has been you know a benchmark for, for heavyweight performers, and is just yeah somebody I've always 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 admired. And the second scenario would be if you could face anyone active, retired, dead, who would it be? Ooh, 
the first one that pops out would be Mr. Perfect. Okay. Uh, it's yeah, he was a, a childhood hero of mine, and I just think you know the, the Mr. Perfect and uh, Sunset Skip kind of series of matches. It would be yeah, I think that'd be the sort of stuff that I'd love to watch as a kid. So uh, I uh, I can picture that being some, you know the hybrid of Roddy Piper and uh, Macho Man taking on. Uh, uh, Mr. Perfect would be right up my street. So, uh, if anyone wants to sort of look you up um, under Sunset Skip, where can they find you on on social media? And have you got sort of anywhere if anyone wants to buy any merchandise? Where can they find that? Uh, all social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, it's all at Find Sunset Skip. Um, uh, in terms of merch, I've been speaking to the wonderful people at On the Gear. Um, so hopefully in the next few days um, it will be up and running um, so yeah if you check out on the gear for sunset skip as well there'll be t-shirts there but for now if there's anyone any interest in t-shirts contact me through social media as well and i've uh, so my, my prints and t-shirts uh, directly so uh, yeah through on the gear or myself uh, currently thanks again thanks again for my uh, for my guest today sunset skip and um oh, my pleasure all the best thanks for joining us no worries have a great one cheers, cheers brother Okay, now on to our second interview of the day, and we're here with British superstar Chocky Thunder. How are you doing? Um, not too bad, Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank How have you been sort of coping without any wrestling on at the moment? Uh, I'll be honest, I'm missing it a lot. Um, I feel like I was just getting, getting into a, a flow of performing uh, regularly before, obviously, everything kicked off. So... I'm missing it, but I'm keeping myself busy and, you know, my appetite for when I get back is just growing more and more, so can't wait to get back in the ring, really. Yeah, what have you been sort of doing to like keep active? You've been doing sort of like home workouts and, and things like that? Yeah, I'm lucky. I've got, I've had a few weights and uh, I've got some like cardio equipment as well that I can use to keep myself uh, fit and healthy. Uh, I've been going on a few walks as well when I can. Um, I'll be honest, I've been slacking a little bit lately, so I need to get back on it. So, yeah, just doing what I can to keep myself fit. So going into sort of professional wrestling, uh, what sort of drew you? Uh... So, yeah, I always watched it at a young age, um, mostly around the sort of early 90s. So obviously your Hulk Hogan's and your Ultimate Warriors and your Macho Man's were running around and... Um, that was when I first started taking interest in it. Um, my cousin watched it avidly, so he'd always bring in tapes from... Um, he'd record it off the television because I didn't have cable TV. So he'd bring in the tapes and we'd watch them together and it just it really captured my imagination straight away. And I, I loved it, I absolutely loved it. And then, <clears throat> obviously, as I got older, I went through to the Attitude Era in the late 90s, so... Yeah, I was super mad on wrestling at that point. Uh, I remember sitting down watching Nitro on a Friday night, and then as soon as that finished, just flick over to Sky Sports and watch um, WWE Raw straight afterwards, and I loved it. Yeah, that was sort of like how I was sort of growing up. I remember sort of having to, um, sort of, because we didn't have Sky or cable, so it was like trying to organise um, sort of sleepovers at Mates there so you can watch it yeah. at one o'clock in the morning on Sky. Yeah, yeah, same here. Like it, you'd record it off the TV and then just watch it as soon as you could. And yeah, that was what that was what got me hooked. Yeah, um, and sort of what 
how did you sort of get into training um, to become a wrestler? I must have been what I, I must have hit thirty, so it must have been about five years ago. Um, I was looking around on the internet and I saw an advert for a wrestling school uh, based in Leicester, where which is where I live currently. And so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna. I really think I want to give this a go. I want to try this and see if I can do it. And so I went to one session just to just to see like if it's beyond me. And I thought I was fairly physically fit and able to, you know, get in a ring and do do like all the moves and whatnot. And I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And because you hear all sorts of horror stories, like you go to a training school and they obviously run you ragged and rough you up and what. But then luckily at the school I went to, it was it was not like that at all. And from there, I just sort of kicked on. And here we are today. Going into sort of your your character of, um, of Chalky Thunder, um, what what's the inspiration behind that? Um, it's just being a just just being an eccentric person. I mean, I I'm very much a person that doesn't like to take things too seriously. I'm quite laid back, and I I don't I don't really see the point in sort of going into wrestling and being sort of taking yourself seriously i think you have to have a laugh with some things yeah and i like to make people laugh i don't know why i don't know why i just like to be an idiot and my idea was okay well, we get a lot of characters nowadays that want to be the cool quote unquote school uh cool cool guy um and i just thought well, why don't i just be an idiot why don't i just be the eccentric you know guy that wears a a fluffy jacket wears outrageous clothes and just walks around thinking he's he's the biggest thing in wrestling <laughs> it just it was just one thing where I, I think i was in training and i got a promo and used the name like chocolate thunder and everyone seemed to like it so i just the ball i just went from there really was there a pivotal moment was there a point that everything just everything all clicked together and you were just like, this is what I want to do for, this is, like, this is something I really want to pursue? Um, I'd say it's why I was training. I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, it didn't really cross my mind to be a professional wrestler when I first started watching it. Obviously, as I got older, I thought, well, this would be something that I'd like to, I'd like to pursue. Um, but it was just obviously finding the places to, to pursue and pursued my wrestling career but no well as i started um learning at the training school i went to and just progressing my training and getting better at things and learning things and getting better that was when i thought you know what this is i want to do this i really want to do this now have you ever found yourself outside um abroad doing shows and things like that or has it just been solely sort of based in the uk that you've been uh, it's solely based in the UK at the moment. Uh, I've not worked for as many promotions as I'd like to. Um, I'd like to get myself out a bit more, which is why I was, I'm slightly disappointed that obviously things are the way they are now because I feel like I, could, I was starting to get my name out there a bit more. But um, yeah, solely in the UK at the moment. I mean, I'd like to at some point um, wrestle abroad, but I, obviously yeah, as a late bloomer to the industry I, I know time is on my side so i've got to 
I've got a bit of a mountain to climb, really. So what other countries would you be sort of interested in, in obviously going to? Obviously, everyone's dream is either Japan or America, but is there anywhere sort of in particular you'd want to sort of... Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, go, go touring around Europe as well. Obviously, there's still a, there's quite an appetite for wrestling around, around those parts, like in Germany especially. So, yeah, Europe's one place. Obviously, Japan and America are other places I'd like to go. Um, I really think my character would be really well suited to the Japanese style, if I'm being honest. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely one of the places I'd like to end up. Is there an ideal promotion that you'd like to, either here in the UK or anywhere abroad, is there like an ideal promotion that you feel that your character would sort of thriving or just personally just a promotion that you'd want to see like at the end of your career you can look back and sort of say yeah I made it um I mean there's a lot to be honest there's a lot of promotions to look at and I think I, I really I think I would thrive I would thrive uh, well my character would thrive in um I can't really say there's any other standout at the moment at the moment I just really want to just wrestle for as many places as I can and just sample sample what there is to offer because I've not really I mean I've been I've been training for about five years but I've only been like out in the circuit for about two so I really want to broaden my horizons a bit and like sample what other promotions I have to offer. Currently active uh, wrestlers either in the UK abroad anyone in particular who's currently active today who would be your ideal opponent? I would say Gene Money at the moment um I've been to a few shows at Resurgence and I've really been impressed with him. Um, I really think that his character and my character put on a really good show for the crowd. And if you could get into a DeLorean and go back in time, who would you? Who would be your ideal um, opponent? That's a tough one. Um, I'd say probably Ric Flair I'd like to have a match with. I think his, his persona is what I tend to base some of my stuff off. So it'd be nice to sort of get in a ring with him and like have a match with him and learn well I'd say I mean take a few bit few bits few more bits from him. Um also Rick Rude. He's a personal favourite wrestler of mine. So uh he'd be another one I'd like to if I could jump back in time to have a match with. So where, if someone wants to find you, where can they find your you on social media? And um, if someone wants to buy a shirt, where is it they could find that? Okay, so um, on I'm on social media. Uh, I'm on Facebook. If you search Chocolate Thunder Wrestler, you'll find me on there. Uh, Instagram, and my, my Instagram is Chucky underscore Thunder. Uh, I believe my Twitter is the same, but yeah, just search Chocolate Thunder Wrestler on each one and you should find me. Um, I've recently, literally today, just had a T-shirt made for me, so I'll be taking pre-orders on that if you're interested. Um, but yeah, feel free to hit me up on those uh, those social media platforms, and I look forward to hearing from you. Um, many thanks for your time, and thank you so much for being on. All right, thanks, Alex. Take care. You too. Bye. 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 Hey, joining us on today's episode of Riot Radio, we've got the Black Country Barbarian, Luca. How are you doing, Luca? I'm all well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. What have you found yourself doing with no wrestling on the horizon at the moment? Um, Fully enough, more wrestling. 
not the sense of all of the phys- physical stuff that we do, but more of the mental things. Okay. So all I've done is just took a step back, looking back at my matches, writing God knows how many sheets of paper, <laughs> just taking it all from there. So sort of going into your sort of wrestling career at the minute, I know you're sort of um, quite involved with sort of kamikaze uh, yeah. pro wrestling. Is that where you started your career? Um, in ring wise, yeah. I just one day I just thought, you know what? After so many years of training, I just thought I'd do shows, and I've been looking around a lot of promotions. And kamikaze caught my eye, and I took it from there. Okay, and sort of what was um, what was like your inspiration to to get into professional wrestling? Growing up as a kid, watching it religiously, like any other cartoon helps, and having action figures that my cousin used to have at my nan's house god bless her i just used to pick them up and play with them but it was actually from a, that same cousin actually flash williams who used to do it himself okay back in oh god 2006 i think i think i got invited by my uncle i'm over cousin to go and watch him and it just blew my mind and, and from that moment i just wanted to do it so he was sort of like your cousin was the sort of the inspirational point that sort of made you want to decide that yeah I want to that's the thing I want oh, to get yeah. into yeah him yeah yeah him and the Hunter brothers as well who I trained with yeah and well I still do to a degree today and a load of the older guards now you could say who were still around in the Midlands. So, sort of, um, what was the what's the inspiration sort of behind uh, the character of the Black Country Barbarian? Um, it was actually the promoter at Kamikaze who came up with the barbarian side of it. I was just I was just hoping to go with the name Luca or Luca Rock or something down that line because it's just a name that I always liked. Yeah, but he yeah, but he he came up with the name well with the nickname Barbarian, and I was just starting to brainstorm from there really, and that's where the mask came along. Eventually, down the line, that everybody seems to commend me for having. <laughs> so, your sort of persona at the moment, what was the. Was there sort of like an inspiration behind the character? In all honesty, no. I just. One day, I just thought, you know what, would go well with this. It's just a mask. Because at, at the top of my head, I can't really think of many people that have that. Yeah. So, I just thought, you know what, I'll just have something that not many people have. Trying to find a little gap in the market, you could say. And I just happened to have found one on Etsy that caught my eye, and I just went and bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the main things, obviously, of, of pro wrestling, isn't it? Obviously, you've got to do something to get yourself recognised from... Oh, yeah. There's so many gimmicks and that, which, whilst they're different, there are so many sim- similarities between sort of several different sort of wrestlers. Um, it's oh. always good to, obviously, make your mark and sort of stand out. Um oh. So obviously, going into sort of your career at the minute, how how many years have you actually been sort of training and and wrestling? Sort of how long was you training, and then how long did that sort of take before you could actually start looking at working in ring? I keep having to ask this question myself to the hunters. Um, I think I started training properly around two thousand and eight ish, but then. Many factors came in, and the fact that my parents didn't like me doing it—I've just been doing it on and off for the for like that, those first 
five, six years. And then I thought, one day, you know what, screw it. I'll just go and do the training properly. Yeah. And, and then, as I said earlier, again, I just woke up and I thought, you know what, I'll try and do shows. And that's when the whole career started with Kamikaze, which was about, oh God, I can't remember, two years. I think it's only two years this year, actually, in fairness. So, I mean, it's so like, um, obviously, like a long time sort of training yourself mm. you've only sort of experienced while you're only sort of been in it for a couple of years then by the looks of it oh yeah it, it, in fairness i just really done the wrestling for the training i absolutely love the training aspects of it stepping to the ring for the first time it did wake me up and think look you can do so much training you can do all the training in the world but going in that ring is a completely different beast so obviously you're based primarily sort of in the midlands at the minute yeah. um are there any promotions sort of in the UK that you've sort of got your eye on that you would think um, you'd sort of like to debut for? Um, new right pro wrestling. But um, <laughs> but no, on, again, I'm going to sound a bit vague and generic, but honestly, anywhere and everywhere at the minute, my focus is now is just to go against people I can learn from and like some of the more bigger names and showcase myself against those big names and tell people, hey, I can perform with them and keep up with them. So right now, it's literally anywhere. If you were to go out of the UK to obviously wrestle abroad, a lot of people obviously say Japan, a lot of people say the States, where would you like to sort of take your career um, to sort of craft your skills? Definitely Japan for the physical side of it. Mm. But probably America for the gimmick, because yeah. they seem to be focused a lot more on gimmicks over there, don't they? Yeah, it seems like Japan obviously goes. That's obviously where Strong Style originated from. But mm. then the States is more obviously more sort of character driven. That's why you yeah. get sort of performers like you know you got people like Warhorse and so currently based um, on today's scene, someone who is active either in here in the UK or abroad, who would be your ideal opponent? I've always wanted to go against Dan Maloney, just for the physical side of it. Absolutely. He's, he's my type of... He's the type of wrestler I'd watch every every day, every day of the week, because he makes it look so legit. Yeah. And if you was to... The second scenario would be, if you was to face anyone, either currently active, mm. uh, retired, or have passed away... Who would it be? Oh, John Cena, to be honest. He's such a, he's such a good worker. He, he, people have so many opinions of him and whatnot, but I genuinely believe he's one of the best workers to have ever gone in the ring, in all honesty. If we say, for example, five years down the line, where would you like to see your career sort of have gone? Of course, I'd like to have a claim on, like, a tryout somewhere or go possibly going to one of the bigger companies but I'm at the I'm at the phase now to see where it goes I'm just going to carry on putting in the work going out and helping out other people as well and, and just see where it all goes from there if anyone wants to sort of find you on social media like Twitter Instagram or if there's sort of anywhere that someone wants to buy any merchandise from where can they find that um well the merchandise for myself and the stable second to none are in the works. Not sure when it's all out, but 
I'm sure we'll all shout at the roof when it comes out. But for, for me personally, my Twitter and Instagram are at LukaBCB, L-U-K-A-B-C-B. And on Facebook, it's Luca Black Country Barbarian Wrestling. Thank you very much for joining me today, Luca. Cheers, and thanks for having me on. No worries. Thanks again. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.